Episode 71 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace Podcast. What's going on, everybody? What's up? Introduce yourself, my man. I'm Roston Smith, uh, lead singer and current bassist for Unkempt Herald. Correct. And we are down in the, uh, we're in the cave. Yeah. We're in your studio, in your house. Yeah, man. Yeah. 432 Studios, we, we call it. We've uh, been uh, doing this for four, five years now. All right. So, yeah, man. This is cool. dope. I came down here. It's like a legit studio. You got some drums over there. You got all kinds of shit. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah. We just had uh, we just had my dude Pat Canty and the drummer for me with Creeps. It was just down okay. here uh, probably like a week and a half, two weeks ago. All right. Helping me out with a little side project stuff I was doing. Just uh, right. you know, so not not everything you write fits in the band that you're in. And anybody in bands knows that. So right. I grabbed a couple of dudes to help me record some stuff, and he's been helping me out. So we still got the drum set up from that. All right. Good shit. Now, where in, where, where, what part of Jersey are we in? I mean, we're in Bloomfield. Oh, we are in Bloomfield, New Jersey. This okay. is in Essex County. All right. We are about 12 miles west of Manhattan right now. All right. Uh, this, th- these are my stomping grounds, man. This is yeah. where you grew up? You were born yeah. and raised up here? I was, I was born in Newark. I spent some time in California okay. when I was a kid, but then high school, like the years that matter, yeah. it was like right here. It was yeah. like here at Bloomfield. I was, went to Montclair High School. Okay. Probably about four or five miles away from this very spot. I got you. Uh, you know, and I, and I was a knucklehead. <laughs> Why aren't we all? <laughs> you know, I, I, I cut class and got high and drunk and... Same here? <laughs> went to Nutley to get laid and... Okay, just, well, I didn't go to Nutley, but, you know... <laughs> but, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, knucklehead days. It's fucking funny. So, you have... All right, I have... Well, all right, let, let, let me... Let me let me just back up for a minute. Unkempt Herald is not your first band. No. No. All right. What was your first band? Oh, my, my first band? Let's see. Uh, How about this? Your first your first band that released anything. First band that released anything was uh, Annie's Grave. And you probably saw the picture. Annie's Grave. Yeah. Uh, when That's we, an odd name. That's <laughs> kind of heavy. Yeah. It was... Did uh, you know an Annie? No, no, I I didn't <laughs> at the time. But uh, the guitarist, my dude Quan Jarmond, was uh, was really into like local Jersey lore, especially like horror stuff and ghost stories and stuff. Like all right, that. all right. So he uh, he told me about this I'm, 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 I'm in like Annie's Road. Apparently, there's the story about the about Annie's Road. I don't know where in Jersey this is. This is all for my dude now. <laughs> he tells me that, like you drive down there and like you can see like the ghost of this girl on the freaking side of the road and she's like died there or some shit. Okay. So he was into this whole goth thing. And, <laughs> and I was like, whatever, man, I'll be your singer. He wanted like some death metal stuff. Okay. To this like goth metal. And I was and I just I was down, you know. So yeah. but we, we wore makeup, bro. <laughs> like, you know? you like, did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We wore like makeup and eyeliner, like black trench coats. And really? Stuff. Yeah. 
That's yeah, heavy. All right. Yeah, dude, there's, there's, there's a picture of all of us somewhere on the internet floating around. God, if anybody finds that shit. All right, well, everybody who's listening, fucking minimize this or whatever you're listening on and go fucking oh, Google God. Annie's grave images. Yeah, bro, Jesus. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Yeah, we we were we were just a bunch of knuckleheads, bro. Was, was it like corpse paint type shit? No, you no. just eyeliner. No, bro. I'm so you, so about, you wanted to be like Ricky Rocket, bro? We were like one of those <laughs> Japanese bands, bro. Loudness, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Remember loudness, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Yeah, there was there was, there was definitely some '80s stuff going on there with the, with the look. I love '80s shit, dude. I don't give a fuck, and not even in an ironic way. Uh, it, it was fun, man. It it's was fun. It's so cheesy, but yeah. listen, I'll fucking bro. There's people fucking live feeding fucking Stephen Piercy from Rat all handed, bro. I'm watching, bro. Our, our bass player wore a dress. It's straight, dude. Straight. You know, right, really, which crazy. Like it fucking matters, but like he was just, he was just about it. Like everybody who <laughs> yeah. was in there was about it. Our guitarist Ryan, God, God rest his soul. Our the dude Ryan who was in the band, he played guitar. He died uh, about a year ago. Uh, but you know, like right. man, like we, yeah. he, he lived hard. He was a good dude. He lived hard. All Sometimes right. that hard living catches up with you. Right, but he, you. he wore a fishnet shirt. All right, like that's we were all we went into it. Our our dude Quan. Researched everything for the band. He came up with the gimmick, and we were like, "You're our homeboy. We're, we're going for this." <laughs> All right, Annie's grave. Yeah, and apparently, I wasn't even the first singer. They had they had done a run before me with this girl as their singer. Okay, named Ariel, and she was and she was a badass singer. All right, so you know, like they were they did like goth stock and shit like that. So that was that was <laughs> that was the first band where like people were actually serious about doing music. Before then, there were lots of. There were lots of projects that went absolutely nowhere. I of think, course. I think the one that I was closest to... Yeah, that's why I was like, the first thing that you put out something. Because yeah. there could be 19 bands before Oh my that. god. Before, but the only one that mattered before that that really made me want to do music was uh, Cause Without Reason. Okay. Which, uh, right now, I do a rock project on the side with my dude, Chris Tarrets, who was the guitarist from Cause Without Reason back when I was, god, like uh, 16, 17 years old. Okay. You know, like that's that's really where it started. We played two shows uh-huh. for that reason, uh-huh. a battle of the bands, and then my friend's birthday party where we played with uh, was it Forty Below Summer, really Eco Tones, Product of You, and uh, was it Disney Fist? I think at the time, or what? They might have been Fifty Four Vision. Was Disney that one? Fist, yeah, never. You never heard of Disney it? Fist? No, oh, those guys are Forty Below Summer. Aren't they like a big band now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forty Below was freaking. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty big now. Who's it? Oh no, I'm th- I'm thinking the fucking actor guy. That's third thirty seconds to Mars. Oh and yeah, yeah. Forty below yeah, summer, yeah, thirty seconds to Mars. I don't know. I get them all confused. Yeah, for forty below, forty below is a good. They're local dudes from Jersey. You know, they busted their ass pretty hardcore when the Birchill right. was still around. Right before the Birchill closed, they right. really made a name for themselves playing around the area. But they're pretty big, no? Yeah, man, they're all over the place. They yeah. they were like gone for a few years, right? They just pop back up with an album and they're killing it across the country. Even, I, I don't even think I ever heard a note. Word? I don't think so. Check them out. Check them out. I don't know. I don't honestly. I don't think it's your thing. No, I'm not. I don't think it's your thing. But they're talented dudes. If they sound like Rat Way Cool Junior, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> these dudes are good. These, it's like what's how would I describe it? It's like a new metal. New metal and hardcore. Uh, all right. Listen, you know? I'm not going to label anything. There's, there's some shit that I that. that Oh, I hate I hate the labels. I've started having to do it yeah. because people are like, "What kind of music is it?" And then they want 
they either want you to name bands or like compact right. it into this, this right. shell. And what well, one thing like besides like the labels of whatever you want to call this subgenre of that subgenre of that niche subgenre, it's like one thing I really, for the most part, I can stand. And only a couple of bands off the top of my head, I think, did it well. I do not like when there's not two different vocalists, but like you're. Crazy lyrics and then your clean lyrics, like the, <laughs> the clean singing with the. I, 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 it has to be done a certain way for me to even have any interest whatsoever. I think the f- not not the first EP, not choke, but the Green Drip debut Vision of Disorder record. Yeah, does that perfectly. I mean, you're talking about VOD, bro. Those guys were... They're right. Those guys are consummate professionals. Because he'll start off, like that song Element, he'll start off singing and then he fucking lets loose. It sounds like his lungs are on fucking fire. And it's done well, I think. But there's so many other bands, it's like, all right, it kind of sounds all the same. But if if 40 Below Summer's like that, I'm out. If they're not, then I might dip my toe in. He's he's got some singing and going into the screaming and stuff like that. It all depends on how it's done. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say check it out. And I'm not snobby, really, when it comes to music, but that's just some shit. I don't know. I'm not just not a fan. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Tell me what you think. That's me. I look a lot of their old, old stuff. Okay. The new stuff isn't bad. I don't. I don't mind it at all. Right. I think it's. Uh, it's a bit more commercial. You know, everybody. Everybody wants to sell. Everybody wants True. to sell. True. And they're they're trying to stay honest to their roots. Right. While trying to like expand and do something new, they're going to get shit for it. <laughs> that's that's well, what yeah. happens. But you know what? That's another thing I don't do. Like I don't like I don't I don't like talk shit. Like I have, like I said like I never even heard them. I don't think I've ever heard them. But I'm not going to talk shit on them no. because listen, if I, I can't talk shit about a band. Who's I'm not saying that that you know forty below something in particular, but you know there's certain bands that it's not for me, just not for me. But yo, you're on a fucking arena tour and you're fucking selling out shit, and you have fucking kids going nuts. I've been saying that. I, more power to you, man. I've been I, I've been trying to tell people like when they're like, oh, these guys suck. I hate this band. It's like you know, man. I, it's I your can't. opinion. That's fine. When I was a kid, I was I totally I totally vibed that way. I was I hate those guys. Those guys suck. And, and the operative word in that kid. sentence is what? I was a kid. You were a kid. You know exactly. when I you know when I was a child, I, I spake as a child. When I became yes. a man, I put off childish things. Right. Like, you know, I still do childish things, but when <laughs> yeah. it comes to my opinions of my opinions about things that. Aren't about me. It's it's yeah, a different story. Exactly. You know. So like, I try and tell myself like, what's a good example? Modern rap. I I've never been huge into rap. Obviously, I grew up like you know right. in the metal and stuff like that. Uh, there's a handful of rappers that I really like. But right. this modern stuff, I'm not a fan of it. But modern radio play shit. Yeah, it's not it's not rap. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't even know what to call it. I, right. <laughs> but but no, there is just like everything else. There is amazing hip hop that's out, but you yeah. got you got to look for it. It's not going to be thrown in your face for the average exactly. idiot. Exactly, you have to look for but it. But most of the stuff that, that that pops up, oh, it's not. It, I try to look at it as it's not being written for me. Right, it's not. You know, it that's, speak being, to that's me. being written for younger kids. Right. You know, I'm in my thirty. I'm in my mid thirties now. Right. <laughs> right. They're not. They're not thinking about me. Right. I'm in my. I'm, I'm forty three, dude. So yeah. I'm like. You know, Drake does nothing for me. Exactly. Like, these people do nothing for me. But I can't say that Drake sucks. One, I don't know enough about Drake's music. Me neither. To say that, you know, and, right. be, and be honest and make that kind of assessment. Right. 
but on top of it, like if he's selling albums, man, and like people around the right. world know his name, then how right. am I going to say that he sucks? Like, right. it's he's, like doing, this, he's doing better than I am. Right. It's <laughs> like this. It's like this six nine kid. I I have no idea about him, but you know what? <laughs> I'll laugh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know any oh, of his man. music, but I'll. I, you mean either? I'd be lying if I I'll said I had made fun like of his, his appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna front. Yeah, I'll see like his fucking like whatever happens, like some crazy thing that he does. But I'll watch it and I'll laugh and I'll just be like, because because I, I know the whole gimmick of it and I'll appreciate the shit show for what it is. Oh, but but I'm not, I don't take it serious and I can't no. care less who likes him and who don't. Because at the end of the day, six nine does nothing for me. God bless him. Right. <laughs> you know? right. I, I wish him well. With your weird face tattoos that I think that you think eventually are going to wipe off. But I, I love tattoos, right. man. What is up with these dudes and the face tattoos? They think that they, that eventually what? they can wipe them off. I think. I don't know. You know, like they saw like it's like they saw the heavy metal community and stuff like that, and yeah. then. And then he got so like pictures of like dudes in prison, right? And like just mixed. They were like, "That's it. And I got to get like the sleeves and then the neck and then just like rise." Like, dude, some, dude, some of these fucking people, some of these fucking new rappers and all these younger kids, bro, they're starting out with neck, face, and hand tattoos. Yeah, that's how you're starting. Yeah, dude. Like, where are you going from there? Exactly. Where are you going from there? Like, I tattooed my face. It's like, everything seems pointless now. You right, know? right. You're starting off with tattooing your fucking face. With your fucking whatever you want to write over your eyebrow and on your cheek. It's like, dude. It's never, I've never seen And then you don't have any other tattoos, but that's where you're starting, dude? Uh, listen, have at it. But maybe eventually down the line, when this trend all fucking goes away, well, you might look back and be like, yo, I have like a fucking, I have a jerk off fucking thing on my face. <laughs> yeah. One day I'm actually <laughs> going to take the time to look at some of these pictures of these kids and read what their face says. Oh, it's ridiculous. Right now I'm just looking at it like, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. You know, like, there's like that, there was that meme of, of, of it's like, their, their face looks like a fucking, like, like the desk in like detention in school. Yeah. It's like you just sold the script. It's, I... I'll be real. I know plenty of people who have had their faces tattooed. I've seen the pictures. Same here. That lizard man, he's got like his whole face tattooed. Oh, yeah. and even that, I was like, all right, man. Like, you know. But that's like, he like made money off of that. Yeah. He was like a sideshow he, dude. He went full on, head to toe. Right. He did it. I'm like, all right. Right. That's his thing. Exactly. And all the, I'm, I'm starting to feel like it's a uniform. It is. Like, you know, these kids are wearing a uniform, man. Yeah. It's, it's like but you can't take that uniform off, though. Bro. Yeah, it's like, it's, like yeah. Johnny, it's like Johnny Rotten was talking about that, man. Like, you know, like when they were doing the punk rock thing and stuff like that, they didn't expect everybody to, like, be like, I want to look exactly like this. Right. Guy. They expect everybody to be punk rock and, like, right. do you. Right. You know, like, do what you want and don't let anybody get in your way. Exactly. That's because that's punk rock. Right. And, like, these kids, they got, like, a half of the punk rock attitude. They're like, I'm going to do whatever I want. Just like that guy, <laughs> it's like all right, you got halfway there, right? So like, I can't, I can't knock him, but I will go to the high heavens and say I don't understand, right? Not me yeah. either. I'll, be the, I'll be the old guy. I'm starting to become the old guy. That I am already doing. <laughs> but then again, at the end of the day, I really don't care. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Funny. So back all right, after Annie's grave and all that stuff, then then oh, what was there? Betrayus. Okay. Betrayus was a metalcore band. Okay. Yeah, we uh. We tooled around for six years. All right. Playing, uh, playing a handful of songs, released one album. Okay. One album in six years. And it just didn't really go anywhere. Like, people really liked it. Right. And uh, I think that, I don't think that we, all of us together, were serious enough about what we were trying to do. Right. We all wanted, you know, we all wanted to be rock stars. Everybody, 
Everybody right. wants to hit the road and have people love their music. Right. But I don't think we, at that time, we were ready to put in the work. Okay. And, uh... But how old were you at the time? That was from 21 to 28. Okay. Pretty much. And that's, and that's when I was like, you know what? It's time to do something else. Right. And that's when I hooked up with uh, Dave and Jesse. Right. And we weren't on campfire. What, what, are we, what were we calling ourselves at first? Jet Black? Okay. Yeah. We didn't okay. know what we were, what kind of music. We were just like, picked a name out of a hat. All right. You know, and started doing stuff and ended up playing effectively crossover. Right. You know, because we, we all really love hardcore. Right. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of hardcore punk. Right. I love it. This yeah. is my bread and butter right there. Yeah, man. You know, I start. I started off uh, with like Pantera and stuff like that, and once I found hardcore punk and like just like hardcore, I was yeah. kind of in heaven. Sure. Just like the the language spoke to me. The guy spoke English, right? You know, like I I love poetry and music. I love it. Like mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in the era of like grunge and stuff. So right. I enjoy Pearl Jam and Soundgarden just right. as much as I like Leeway. Okay, but, like, you know, I don't, but I get it. You know. Like I, the Chrome Mags are great. We got to play a show with them. It was freaking amazing. That's awesome. You know, uh, over there, where, where was that? At uh, the Stanhope House. Okay, there was them. But like you know, the, uh, hooking up with those guys, it, it was like a whole other thing for me. Okay, it, it really showed me what it was like to be in a band with people who gave a goddamn right about the music. Yeah, and who weren't just caught up in trying to make it so right. much. It was like let's just write good music. Well, yeah. And if somebody likes it, and it was the first time. That I was in a band with people who actually thought and lived music, right? You know, as opposed to just loving the scene. Yeah, it's it's, it's is, kind of fraudulent. Yeah, you, you know, have to be you have to have a passion for the thing that you're doing, and then everything after that will follow. I think, exactly. and I think that resonates with people, and people people see and hear and feel that yeah. because people have bullshit detectors, but you can sniff out, you know. I mean, this, this is a gimmick, and this is whatever. Yeah. But this this band is, I mean, uh, three years. Two albums and without management because we had a little management company and then that didn't work out. Uh, they just didn't. They didn't work hard enough for us in our opinion for right. what we were paying. So we moved on. But then we set up a tour for ourselves. Okay, you know, West Coast tour like paid dates, and it was unheard of. All the other bands that we've been in, uh, Jesse and Dave had come out of being in a band called Face Down Dead. Okay, for like eight years, and they had been on our, our record label Fashion Roadkill Records for a while. And we're touring around, and none of us in our bands at the time betray us and face down dead. None of us were making money. We we're playing all these shows for free. Sure, nobody was buying CDs. There was no marketing. There was no right. real promotion. Yeah, we were we were kids. Yeah, you know? we were adults, but we were freaking kids, man. We I get it. Immature jerks, just like trying to live the dream in the scene, right? Yeah. And this band, we did more in a shorter period of time than we've done with any other band. And that's been kind of the driving force uh, around us trying to keep it going. Even uh, when Jesse started dealing with his depression issues and he left the band after my daughter uh, committed suicide and stuff like that. Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, hard stuff, you know. Uh, if you want to touch on that, like afterwards, you feel, yeah. feel free. Yeah, yeah. I know I kind of glizzed. There's probably people who are listening who are like, what the hell was that? And like, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll get into that if, yeah. you, if you would want to. I, 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 I don't I don't mind I don't mind. That's kind of that kind of goes into what's been going on with the band recently and stuff like that. Okay, so all right. So you, instead of the prolong, it's like I there was a situation in my family 
where it was my mother who, for a long time, I thought that she committed suicide, but things have happened. Episode, if you listen to episode 49, it's my whole life story, and I put it okay. all out there. But things have happened since then. She passed away in August of 2011. Things have happened since then. Things came up, and I found out certain things, and... and if I was a betting person, I would bet my fucking both of my feet that she wasn't that that, that she didn't commit suicide, that she was murdered. Jesus um, Christ. So I'm sorry, brother. Thank you. Um, but there was a lot of guilt that I had because of what went down originally, and. Everybody, you know, you know what they say. Like families will either get destroyed or they'll come together when something horrible happens. My family just completely fucking exploded, yeah. and and there was everyone's pointing fingers, pointing fingers. But then when you step back and all the shock and the sadness and all that stuff wears off, eventually you start thinking and seeing things clearly and putting things together. And then all those people that are pointing the fingers first basically had the most to do with what happened. Yeah. So. When when I hit you up um, to do this podcast, yes, I'm not going to lie, that, that did pop into my head because, yes, we're friends on Facebook and this and that, and so I kind of knew what you were going through. I don't, like, post on that kind of stuff because there's certain things that you can't... What am I supposed to write? You know what I mean? Yeah. Thoughts and prayers, like... Oh, it's, uh, oh. Right. So, so that's why, yeah. like... I, th- I probably wrote something like I'm sorry or something like that because I understand that feeling. Well, at least I did, but now my feelings are different because of my situation. So uh, when I hit you up to do this, I was, you know, I, I'm not here to talk about that. I want to talk yeah. about the band and stuff, but I kind of had a feeling that it would come up. So since you kind of brought it up, I mean, I did my episode 49 to possibly help somebody. And I just did, I told you before, I pressed play, just press record just now with, I'm not going to say who the podcast was with, but I told you who I was just yeah. with. And we were telling things and, and he had actually said towards the end of it, he was like, wow, like this is, I never had really an outlet to talk about certain things. So it was therapeutic to him to talk about certain things. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird medium where, yeah, there's a microphone on, but when, when people just get into a regular discussion, things just come out and... It might just it might help you, but it could also help you never know who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, I don't know where I don't want to speak for you, and I don't want to try to direct you into any any way because I have no uh, no agenda here. So, I mean, you did bring it up. So, however you want to talk about it, that's on you, my man. The floor is yours. Or if not, we can always just change subjects. Oh well. Uh, right. Well, I'll 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 do it like this. Uh, however you want, man. Uh, right now, we're working on on our third full-length album. Your so third. Our third album. Uh, what is this? will be our fifth release, because we had a demo album, demo album, demo. And yeah, this is... Are they available online? Yeah. Yeah, they are. All the, all the albums are available on... N- uh, n- name what they are so that people can fucking support this, because I think they need to. Right now, uh, Diatribe is our first album. Right. And then Kagare is our second album. They're How do you all, spell that? Kagare is K-E-G-A-R-E. It's a Japanese word. It means stagnation. Okay. Uh, Heavy. Yeah, man. Uh, Diatribe is our first album. Obviously, Diatribe is an angry angry conversation or just like yelling at somebody effectively sure. 
both very political albums. Okay. They don't lean left or right. They lean American. Okay. I'm very specific about that okay. when I talk to people. I, I don't like the terms left and right. Right. Because whenever people like left wing, right wing, I'm like, find me a bird with one wing. Right. Find me one bird with one wing that right. flies successfully and I'll shut up and right. I'll take a side. Until right. then... I'm, I'm, the, I'm the body, I'm American, right. that's it. The bird with one wing is only doing left-hand loop-de-loops. Yeah, and it's falling. And it's all fucked yeah, up. It's all fucked up. Nobody, <laughs> wants, nobody wants to be on that plane. Right. Nobody wants to watch that bird try and fly. Exactly. It's sad. Right. You know? Uh, but yeah. The, after, so after Kagari After is, Kagari is going to be our third album, Kiddo, which okay. uh, is named Kiddo after my daughter, Eva Magdalena Smith. Uh, who committed suicide December 16th, uh, 2016. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, um, dude. It, it's all right, man. It, it is It is what it is. Uh, depression is an individual journey. You know, a lot of people deal with depression, bipolar disorder, stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that no two people feel it exactly the same way. Right. So me growing up, dealing with my depression and seeing friends, you know, a couple of them schizophrenic and bipolar and stuff like that. As a parent, I thought... I had this figured out. Right. You know what I mean? When my daughter started showing signs, I was like, I know what to do. Followed all the textbook stuff, you know, therapy and, and stuff like that. And the fact of the matter is, is that you can find a lot of information out there that tells you what to do. But what they can't prepare you for is when you're dealing with somebody who isn't looking for help. Isn't. Yes. That's, that's the hardest thing. Right. And that's hard for me to say. Right. Uh, Right. There's, there's, there are at least five plus people out there in the world right now that think I am a terrible person. That I didn't care about my daughter. Her mother being one of them. Because me and her mother are not together. Uh, a couple of people who are no longer friends with me now because they believe that this is my fault. And I'll eat that. You know. That's Just, that point in that finger shit. Okay. You know, and I, I eat that because I look, I look at it in the sense of everybody grieves. That's their grieving process. My grieving process was. We took two years off as a band. We went on tour because we had that set up and we weren't going to disappoint people or let the stuff in our personal lives get in the way of everything that we had set up. I wasn't going to let my personal life ruin anything that the other people in my band had worked hard towards. Right. Uh, those are my brother in arms. This was a, it was a great opportunity for us to get out on the road. And aside from my own emotions, I, I could see that. That's so the was, ultimate, like in selflessness and consideration. I, I I can't I can't see people work that hard, support me the way that they did amongst everything that happened. Right. Everything. Uh, just my my father in law getting sick and then being here to help me deal with that while he was living here before he died. Shortly after my daughter did, like they Jesse and Dave were there. Right. They had my back a hundred percent, and I wasn't gonna do something, even though it hurt being out on the road. I really did not know what I was doing out there. Right. Being real, I felt like a terrible person right. being out there, but I I couldn't let them take the hit. We'd all worked really hard right. for that, and there was a chance that they, it could do something good for us, so I wanted to do that. Right. Uh, but the hardest, the hardest thing was coming back and processing everything. I was able to kind of put everything on pause right. for a while and act like act like nothing was wrong, like you know, you leave home when something like that happens. It's always on your mind. Of course. But you're you're almost kind of able to separate yourself from reality. Right. You're out on the road. Everybody loves you. You right. know, everybody wants to talk to you. 
they want to talk to you about your music and you guys are so cool and that's a great thing especially when you're down a lot of people won't admit this but it feels amazing when you're in a terrible place and you meet somebody that doesn't know you're in a terrible place because okay. you almost get to talk to them like a regular human being and not like a wounded animal right okay that makes sense never no. thought of it that way but I, it's, it's, I'll it, subscribe to that it's it's something that I don't, I don't know if a lot of people would be willing to admit if, if they have felt that way but when somebody knows that you're in that kind of pain and they go to talk to you it shows immediately it yeah. wears on you right. that they know that you're in that pain you can feel and uh, and and sorrow and, right. and, and it's not and they're not and it's not a bad thing you know right. like that's that's the caring of another human being being right. put on you but it hurts because it's still a reminder right. of everything that's going on <clears throat> sure uh, after coming back and processing everything after being on tour processing all everything uh, we started writing this album uh, which every song on there is pretty much about her battle my struggles dealing with her loss and the idea that you can't you can't fight this kind of stuff by yourself right you know uh, and also the idea that we're not always going to be able to help people and that's that's been that's a fucking tough fucking hard. thing to be. yeah I mean and I'll, and I'll say it I mean a lot of people who are hearing this they might think I'm like callous or something but uh, I read my daughter's suicide note probably about a year after everything happened. You kept it or you, or you read it? Well, well, the police had it. The state police had it because the way it, my, my daughter jumped off of a parkway bridge. Fuck. Onto the parkway and was struck by a vehicle. So the state police were in charge of the investigation. Uh, when we called the police and everybody came through, the state police took the letter as part of the investigation. So eventually, they still have the original copy. I have a copy of that. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm no, dude. Uh, reading through the letter, effectively, my daughter told me, because it was very directed at me, that, you know, she only wrote the note because I told her that if she was going to leave the house without telling somebody, that she should leave a note. So she's leaving the note to let me know that she's sorry, that all the stuff that she'd been doing, uh, cutting class, being disobedient, just... Being wild and rambunctious, stuff that I was just telling her to cut it she? out. 15. She that's was 15. That's what you can do. That's and what exactly. everyone knows. That's what we all do. And I kept telling her, like, you're 15 is cool. Like, you know, you don't yeah. have all the answers right now. You I think you have it all figured out. You know, you're I, a 15 year old kid. Her, kid. And I, I encourage other parents to say this. And I'm not tooting my own horn here. I'm just saying, like, this is something that I taught my daughter. I tried to tell my daughter on a regular basis because I thought it was important. You, I don't, I never wanted her to be like me. Right. Or be like her mother. Or be like somebody. Never tell your kids, when I was your age, I was like this. Or when such right. and such was your age. That's a horrible thing to do. When you do that, if don't do that to try and get your kids to be a certain way. Right. Do that to show your kids, look, I, I was human. Yeah. You know, if you're going to say, when I was your age, I did stupid stuff too, that's an acceptable way to do that. But let your kids know that they need to worry about being the best version of them. Them. Yeah. Don't worry about being excellent and perfect and everything. No, be the best version of you that you can be. Right. And if you can't do the right thing for the right reason, then fuck it. Do the right thing for the wrong reason. Be right. selfish about it, but do the right thing. You know, just try and put that in your kid's head. And I always told her that. And she did all this ridiculous stuff trying to get me and her stepmother to not give a damn. To just be angry at her. Right. And 
hit a point in her depression where she realized that was not going to happen and d- did what she did. Uh, she where, where were you when, when, when... I just had band practice. I talked to her. Uh, she was getting ready for bed and I took my dudes home and then stopped at the store to grab some milk so she had milk in the morning for breakfast. And then came home. I was probably out of the house for 15, 20 minutes, came back home and she was gone. Went to her room. I found the note. I read like the first three lines of it and I I knew her very well so I I knew that this wasn't like, this wasn't like a, a joke or a threat. This was, I knew it was serious and I immediately jumped in the car and started going to find her. Uh, by the time I had gotten in the car and went to find her, it was already too late. I drove in the direction of the overpass where she jumped. And um, she, was, she was specific about that in the note? She didn't say where she went to oh, do okay. it, but when I drove in that direction, I thought it was weird because it was 10.45, something like that, 10.30, 10.45 at night. Yeah. And it was all this traffic on the parkway just backed up. And, like, I drove by it and... I knew. You know what I mean? Like, I knew... I I knew what happened, and I couldn't bring myself to stop there. I I went down to the next spot where she usually hung out with her friends at Foley Field, uh, which is the football field for the high school. That's uh, probably, like, three miles down from my house. Went there, running around, calling her name, called a bunch of her friends, just hoping against hope. Sure. That maybe she was just really angry somewhere, sitting with one of her friends, talking... Right. Trying to work through something, but no. No, you're not. I've heard it said before that no parent should have to outlive their child, and that's... No parent should have to live knowing that their child does not want to be alive. That's the hardest thing. It made Uh, me, when she died, it made me aware of of what I put my parents through with some of the stuff that had come out of my mouth. Yeah, and with my with my attempt and stuff like that when I was younger, like it, yeah. it made me. It's, it's, it's yeah, that's fine. You know, it made me made me very aware of like what that does to people. It also made me aware that some people need more help than you can give them, and all the love in the world sometimes isn't enough. Like I I, I love my daughter. I, it's not I, I loved my daughter. No, I love my daughter. Of course you did. I talk to her every day. You know, like. Her sister looks exactly like her. It's, it's, I'm reminded every single day. I didn't take down her pictures. No. And stuff like that. I know a lot of people who are like, oh, you should take down. No. No, she's not. My daughter's name is not going to be a taboo in my house. Right. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing the album the way that we are. We're calling it kiddo because that's what I called her. Right. I call her sister Lil Red because she's got freaking flaming red hair. Right. And, you know, evil was kiddo. Right. She was Wonder Woman, her sister Supergirl. That's right. I always keep these distinctions like they are not the same. She was who she was. Absolutely. And while I'm not happy with the decision that she made, I can't help but acknowledge that just statistically girls uh, when it comes to suicide and stuff, they're less likely to do something like what she did. Correct. She had so much fear in her and so much sadness. But she was so courageous and so strong, and I, I can't ignore that. She was the most amazing person I've ever met in my life, and I don't think I'll meet a better person, right. honestly. Uh, just just uh, uh, 
when they say some some the brightest lights shine the shine the least long or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I yeah. can't I can't think of the phrase. Yeah, right yeah. Now. I, I, but I know what you're talking about. If I even try it, I'm yeah. gonna butcher it even worse than you just did. For those of you for those of you who don't know me, I'm like I'm kind of old school like tough guy. I don't like I don't like crying in public and stuff like that. So. Well, I'm sitting here. You have your you have your own yeah. way of grieving, dude. I'm sitting here mentally distancing myself from the stuff I'm saying. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, I I got it, dude. But yeah. I got it. But yeah, the album. Uh, we said it before. Thoughts and prayers. The song that we're doing uh, the video for this weekend is called "Missing Persons," and it's about that. It's about this whole thoughts and prayers bullshit. Yeah. Because it's like, do you think thoughts and prayers are going to bring kids back to life? Right. You know, and I, and I get it. Like. When you're close to somebody, if you're somebody's friend, you yeah. know, and you can't get to them, right. it's an understandable thing. Right. But then when you take that same idea and then you apply it to, say, like, politics and stuff like that. Right. When these, when these jerks in their suits, I don't care if they're Democrats, Republicans, Independents, whatever, when they get online and they type in thoughts and fucking prayers, they're not thinking about those families. They're no. thinking about their poll numbers and right. shit like that. And then... That also made me realize that there's a handful of people out there because of this culture that we have where that's their way of proving to people that they're compassionate. Right. I'm a good person. Look at me. It's, it's I'm reaching it's, out. It's, it's, it's opposite. It's, yeah, it's, it's being you're saying thoughts and prayers, and now all of a sudden it's like, in a weird way, you're making it more about you because yeah. these people are like, oh, look how nice that person is. Oh, so this person writes that. So now I feel like I have to write that so everyone else will think that I'm a good, good person, person yeah. too. It's this emotional vampirism. It's such fucking horseshit. Yeah. And I, I can't stand it. And I got to witness it. Did you ever see this? It, it's, did you ever, did you ever hear of Anthony Jeselnik? Yeah. Did you ever see that stand-up? It's no. called Thoughts and Prayers. No, I, I heard about it. I have not had a chance to see it. It's completely fucking disgusting and offensive, but oh, hysterical. Good. It's all about... It's called Thoughts and Prayers, but, dude, i never seen any of his stand except for that one. And if you have a twisted sense of humor, if you find humor in anything, oh, yeah. I find humor in fucked up Either shit. Either it's all okay or none of it's okay. Right. Well, this. Well, then this is right up your alley because then you'll be pissing yourself because it's fucking brutal. It's so brutal, but it's genius <laughs> at the same time. If you're a thinking person and you're not offended by something that's supposed to be comedy yeah it's jokes people yeah you anybody yeah. you when you walk into a comedy show and you expect somebody to be sensitive of your political views or your gender oh, it's fluid huge now or anything you know you should you should probably fuck off you should probably not go to a fucking yeah. late night comedy show exactly like what were you thinking in the first goddamn right. place have you, have you been sheltered you've never seen a comedy show right or either that or you should maybe do some research about oh you want to go see blah 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 well, you want to go See Jim Norton. Jesus Christ! You want to go see Jim Norton? You want to go see Bill Burr? Right, <laughs> right. But Bill Burr isn't as offensive as as like Jim Norton. No, but nowadays they're all just offensive comics, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you want to go see Jim Norton? You might you might be listening to some crazy, you know, some crazy things happening yeah. there. Yeah. But it's fucking funny. It's honest and it's fucking funny. So like, everything we're talking about, just on that subject, like. We were at a show after everything happened with my daughter, and somebody told a suicide joke. And it wasn't funny. Right. So I walked away. Right. I wasn't mad 
Right. That the dude told a joke about suicide. He didn't know my exact situation. He right. didn't know me. Right. He, he wasn't, he wasn't saying it personal. Yeah, he wasn't right. Being personal. There was no reason for me to be like, nah, very blah. No, because anything. Be because jerk. the other things that he might have said could have offended someone else's situation. It's. But since then, it's not personal. Since then, I have had three people who know me personally trying to cheer me up, make funny jokes about suicide. Right. And I laughed. And I felt horrible about laughing. Right. But I laughed. Right. And I looked them in the face while laughing and said, you fucking suck, man. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, they got a laugh out of me about something that I didn't feel like I should be laughing about. But that's the beauty of comedy. comedy. But that's the beauty of comedy. Funny is funny is funny. Anybody anybody wants to uh, oh, you shouldn't. No, you should. You should. That's the point of it. Right. The point of comedy is to to make you a little uncomfortable and make you think and make you laugh. And somebody that's up there has the balls to say shit that I don't want to hear I don't want to hear what you say but it'll cross your mind in certain situations but that person is up there with a microphone letting you know shit that you don't have the balls to say to even your co-workers because you'll get in trouble but he's up there letting it out and you need to fucking laugh at that shit yeah man you know what I mean yeah, you gotta you gotta be able to take joke. Yeah, yeah, and not everything is about you. And, I, and, I, and I'm tired of hearing this because I've gotten into arts with people like, oh well, you can't tell jokes about you know. I'll say it. This dude was like, jokes about rape aren't funny. I don't care. It's context and blah blah blah. Rape isn't funny. You know what? Rape as an actual thing is not funny. Right. You're absolutely right. That's right. that's an undeniable thing. Right. Rape is not funny. There's right. nothing hilarious about it. But uh, a funny joke is a funny joke. And right. if somehow you happen to preface rape into right. a funny joke. Then congratulations, right. you made a rape joke funny. Right. But if it's a bad joke, it's a bad joke, right. and you're probably gonna offend somebody. Right. But even then, if it's like picture Elma Fudd raping Porky Pig, like see, that's that's George Carlin. George Carlin yeah. says, "Yeah, rape isn't funny." I say, "Fuck you!" I think it's hilarious. Picture Elma Fudd raping Porky Pig. It's not a real thing. They're yeah. fictional characters. It's a cartoon. You got if if you're offended by that, then you have fucking. Then you need to pull the stick out of your ass. I yeah. think you might you might have a little bit of a problem with being uptight. Yeah, a little uptight. <laughs> Just yeah, a, little. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all that man. Right. Yeah, I mean the the whole point of comedy is to fucking laugh about. Sometimes you laugh about some serious shit, yeah. you know? It's like there's a podcast that I listen to all the time. I don't know if you ever listened to it or even heard of it. It's called The Last Podcast on the Left. And they're huge, and they talk mostly about serial killers and true crime. But they're three comedians, and they, <laughs> they do they do legit one thousand. They have research teams, facts, all facts. I've got a deck of cards for those guys. But there's three comedians, and some of the shit that they talk about is the most horrific, horrendous shit you'll ever want to hear. But then one of them will break it up, and they'll start cracking jokes, and then you find yourself laughing. It's like, dude, like this person was a really sick motherfucker, but the way it's all said and the way it's put together, and then there's a joke cracked, and you find yourself laughing to to alleviate the fucking horrificness of what what the subject is about, and that's breaking the tension. That's why, motherfuckers, you need to have a sense of humor. I find comedy in everything, dude. Yeah. You have you have to you right, have to. or else you can walk around with a stick up your ass like an up- uptight asshole. Yeah, all, all all the negativity that's happened in my life has taught me like you cannot carry that shit with yeah. you everywhere, bro. You'll you fucking can. drive you'll fucking yeah. smash your head through a wall. Exactly, man. you'll go crazy. You know? Yeah. If if a fifteen year old kid can get to a point where they've had too much, Jesus Christ! You know what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? Taking everything seriously all the time, right? 
you got it. You got it. That's what it taught me. Like you got, you have to take time to appreciate life and maybe look at your problems and be like, you know what? It's not so bad. Right. I'm not. I'm not that bad. Right. I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, no matter what, I, I fucking make fun of myself all the time. I, I, I'm the first one to I rip on myself before I rip on anything. You yeah. know what I mean? You have to. You have to. If you right now, right now we have a serious problem in, in the country with with people not being able to take a joke about themselves, not being able to yeah. look at themselves candidly, right, and make fun of themselves. Yeah. You know? From people in charge to just the people walking around the streets, like get your head out of your ass, man. Yeah, man, lighten the fuck up, man. Life is hilarious. Reality is hilarious, man. There's a lot of bad stuff in there, but right. I guarantee you, if you look through your life, most people, the average person, it is not a collection of just pure shit. No, there's a lot of wonderful things and people in your life. And you're probably, and if you feel like no, everything's but you're probably just a shitty person, right? <laughs> and there's people in your life that you could very easily probably poke fun of, yeah, yeah. And I you should be time. able to do that the whole time, <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Same here. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I'm going out. Oh well, Ugh. all right. I have several people waiting there. For uh, yeah, I heard there's more interesting people there. Yeah, <laughs> there actually is. Fucking craziness. Yeah. So, so you're um. So you're working... How, how far are you into the new record, into Kiddo? We have ten songs recorded. We got vocals on one and a half songs to do. Okay. And we're currently... One and a half to, songs left to do? Yeah, left okay. to record vocals too. And we are in the middle of reamping guitar for all the songs. Okay. So we're trying to... This album, we're being very ambitious, man. Like, this is probably the... We're probably being very open, hardcore... Okay. About this and a lot of the stuff that we do, we're really pushing the hardcore in this one, mostly okay. because I I wrote the stuff guitar wise. Okay. So yeah, uh, you know, all my hardcore punk influences still shine in this one, and then we're still trying to push those weird boundaries with the weird stuff that we like to do, all, all the right. crossover stuff. This, and so this is uh, this album is heavier, okay, than anything we've released. It's angrier than anything we've released. It's also sadder. Right. Without being a slow, sad album, the right. songs are short and quick to the point. Right. Like I think our longest song is four minutes long. Okay. Our shortest song is like two minutes and thirty seconds. Okay. You know, uh, but we should probably hope we're doing the music video this weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll have the album released by January. 2019. Okay. We were pushing for release this year, right? But now we're fully figuring out like music videos and lyric videos, and we want to have a handful of stuff released at the same time. Sure. So we're probably going to be sending a couple of singles to SOU and places like that over the next two three weeks. You hit up those people at SOU; they'll have you up there to talk about your shit. Yeah, they will. They, they have been excellent to us. Man. They've yeah, been playing they, our stuff. Yeah, like awesome. on a regular basis. I mean, they, they're also like, like I hit them up like to promote one of the shows that I did like a couple of years back. They're like, yeah, come on up, and you know, I was up there with a couple of guys from Robots and Monsters. And, oh and, yeah, Dylan and them. Yeah, yeah. So I was up there with them and. So, uh, yeah, they were like, yeah, just come up, and we just started fucking bullshit, and, and they, they wound up playing songs by whoever was playing that show or whatever, but they've always been really accommodating, you know what I mean, yeah. which is cool. So it's, that's a good outlet, too, man, because, I mean, other than terrestrial, regular terrestrial radio, nobody really listens to it, yeah. but they still have, they, they, people still listen to it because they're a one-of-a-kind type deal in um, this area. We're still trying to get serious XM to play, so we're trying. Well, we're they, trying. They, they, yeah, but now you're dealing with corporations. Oh, yeah, and man. The stockholders. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're dealing with those kind they, of They played this before. Uh, back when Jose was living in Bloomfield. Jose Mangan was okay. living in Bloomfield, and he was doing uh, the Headbangers Ball Night over okay. at Gamebats on Thursdays. So we uh, unkempt got on that with one of our early lineups. Oh, my God, who was in the band? I wasn't even playing an instrument. I was just singing at the time. Okay. We had uh, this dude, John, playing bass. We had uh, my dude... Jesse on guitar, Dave on drums, and I think my dude Chris might have been on guitar in the band at the time, too. We might have still had two guitars. Okay. So we might have been a five-piece at the time. Now we're a three-piece. Right. Uh, and he interviewed us after the show and stuff like that, and was playing like a bunch of our songs on Sirius XM for a while, and okay. was playing the interview, and then kind of disappeared. And I've noticed that about like some of the more local bands that end up on there, even when they have a bit more push, like a uh, this is a band that's a favorite of ours. This is a band, one of our favorite New York, Long Island bands is uh, Moontooth. I've heard of them. They are so ridiculously talented. Like, their pure musicality Moontooth, yeah, blew I've, us away. Yeah, they, I've heard of them. I don't think I've ever heard of them. I, I think you'd, honestly, I think you'd like them. Just, they're so freaking talented. These guys, I know the guitarist uh, is also the guitarist for, what the heck is the band? Is it? Oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna kick my ass because I'm talking about him on the podcast. I can't remember the name of the other band he's in. He's part of like he's like tours with like a pretty major '80s metal band and like goes to Japan and shit like that like all the fucking time. It's not rat. <laughs> An '80s metal band. Yeah, like a hair metal type band. Or yeah, like a thrash band. Yeah, his name is Nick Lee, and he plays he plays guitar for these guys and he's he's badass. He's amazing. Like their their singer. John is is he's got this like soul thing going on with the way that he sings. He sings like an old school soul singer. Okay. But they play stuff that's like really wild rock and roll. Okay. It's like they take like this metal feel and just apply it to like rock and like really wild rock and roll riffs, like really crazy style rock and roll okay. riffs. Okay. And they're just really good. Like yeah. they're so talented. And, uh, see, I like lost. I was thinking about. Nah, it. That's all good. Going, yeah. You guys are so good. <laughs> Moontooth, you're so amazing. But. Uh, Moontooth. Yeah, man. That's an odd name. That, really but then cool. again, you know what's an odd name? Unkempt Herald. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up eventually. I didn't want to do the hacky, so where'd you come up with the band name from? But Unkempt, U-N-K-E-M-P-T-H-E-R-A-L-D. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unkempt Herald. Now, I actually looked it up. Now, unkempt meaning like unclean, unpure, whatever, and herald meaning a messenger. Yes. So it, so I looked at it like, is, is it basically a play on words and basically the name of the band is like the bearer of bad news? Kind of. It's like... That's how I interpreted it. It's kind of like getting information from a, from a source that you don't expect. You know what I mean? Like, everybody okay. expects their news to come from, like, you know, this, like, clean, clear cut... Yeah, now everyone gets their fucking news from jerk off face fuck. <laughs> Book. Jesus I mean, crazy. Yeah. Fucking memes. It's not even news. It's memes. Again, no, the news from memes. It's children's shit. Uncomparable yeah, is kind of a double thing. One is it's the whole dirty messenger. Right. So like you, it's the guy on the street corner holding the sign saying the end is near. Yeah, that like, guy. That know, guy's like, a heavy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like we're half that guy, half legitimate source. Uh, but. <laughs> But yeah, it's also because we're a bunch of nerds, man. We're a bunch of crazy video game nerds. And there's a game, a video game called Borderlands. It's okay. a first-person shooter. And in the game, there's a gun called the Unkempt Harold, which means Dirty Harry. Gotcha. But all of the fans of the game spell it wrong, and they call it the Unkempt Harold. Uh... So we were like, we can shout out this game 
and be these filthy messengers at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's some, yeah, that, yeah, that's some so, nerd uh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so solid nerd stuff. But, you know, there was some, like, deep thinking. A little bit. Stuff in there somewhere. If I could convince people of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That was better than Jet Black, bro. That was such an 80s metal name. It sounds like an 80s metal band. Jet Black opening up for, like, Jet Boy and the Electric Boys and Vixen. And then then our our roadie, my dude Donnie, who uh, roadied with us on tour, said that we should have called ourselves Fisting Miley Cyrus. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we came out with the better name. Yeah. Think about where we were, the recommendation, and where we are. Yeah, I think so. You know, we could... So I'm terrible at coming to a band name, bro. We'd probably be something like super existential, like looking at the dark or some stupid shit. Like, <laughs> looking at the dark, yeah. Like, what the hell does that mean, Aaron? I don't know. It just came to me in a dream, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> looking at the dark. You know, no, no, nobody, nobody wants somebody like me coming up with a name for a band. That's right. a terrible idea. <laughs> I think too much. I think entirely too much. Yeah. It's going to be something really offensive or something really stupid. Yeah. So Something too deep, like, oh boy. <laughs> like, uh, where the hell was Aaron today? <laughs> like, well, I was thinking, crap, there's where you messed up. Why the hell were you doing that? All right. But, <laughs> nice. But yeah, man, uh, yeah, the, ba- the band name started to mean our style. Actually, it started off as just like, we are going to say the things that bands stopped saying. Right. Because we, we were listening to music, we were like, nobody has anything to say. Right. Like, there are either positive messages for the sake of a positive message, which I think happened in a lot of metalcore music. Right. It became a thing to be uplifting. Right. Uh, and then in hardcore, we we started listening, and it was like, it's like old angst. It's like it's it's not as political anymore. Right. And when it is political, usually it, it takes a side. And we were like, what happened to just pointing out what's wrong? Right. Like, and not just saying, here's my opinion, I'm right. Right. Like, just being like, these are the things that I've noticed that are wrong. What have you noticed? So right. that's what we started doing. We started writing songs that asked people, are you paying attention? Right. Are you aware of what's happening around you? Are you aware that you're in control of the system that's been put before you? You can vote. You can become a politician. You can actually do things right. in your society to affect change. Whining about it doesn't right. do anything. Look at Justin Brannon. From Indecision and Most Precious yeah. Blood. Like, he, he was on the podcast, but he's been, he was an Indecision and Most Precious Blood for years. He's a fucking Brooklyn City Councilman right now. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I've started listening, uh, listening to bands again that actually have something to say, like Robots and Monsters. I'm really focused on, like, local bands right yeah. now. Yeah. So it's been, like, No Fucking Chance. Yeah. Uh, Robots and Monsters, Silence Equals Death. Right. Stuff like that. These guys who are actually, like, when I listen to their music, I listen to their lyrics. Yeah. They're actually talking about something. Robots and Monsters seems to talk more about, like, this internal struggle. Like, right. you know, this, like, mental struggle that people are going through and stuff like that. Silence Equals Death just goes across the fucking spectrum. Right. They're real, in my opinion, they took that classic old-school hardcore and really brought it back. Right. So that, like, we're going to talk about actual issues. We're going to talk about coming together and fighting together and standing together. And then no fucking chance is positive, straight-up positive hardcore. All right. Which I love. All right. I, thought, I absolutely love it. And that stuff has, has really just been, like, instrumental uh, for me and, like, where, where I've been moving forward and stuff like that with my music. All right. Just really trying to get back to what it was. But unkempt we were able to write this music that didn't conform to a style because we were unkempt. Right. 
you know, our music is unkempt. Right. But we had to have that message. It always had to be stuff like in Diatribe, the whole thing was about being angry at the government and being angry at people for being complacent and not being angry at the government. Gotcha. You know? So, yeah, yeah, obviously it's a narrative. Everybody, we've all heard it before. Sure. But we tried to frame it in a way that hadn't been done. Right. Pretty much speaking to people about the direct stuff that was happening right in front of them, like, you're giving away your rights. Correct. Don't complain about about not, not having privacy and stuff like that if you're literally signing documents on your phone that give people the right to spy on you. Right. Like... Cut right. it out. You're the first person to go on your phone to fucking record somebody getting into a fight or an argument or somebody, something like that. Like, yeah. Dude, you're a f- Yeah, it's the, fucking Diatribe, bullshit. we have a song called The Price is Life. And the whole song is about information and security. Right. You know, and people don't realize that people are like, oh, well, we need to do this and we should have that. And it's like, you don't even know how the shit works. Like, first find out how it works. Right. You know, and that's been my, my huge message in Diatribe was like... Do your research. Know how your government works. Right. I get mad when I hear people talk about this is what's wrong and we should do that and we should do this, but you don't know how it works. Like, if you don't know how the system works, then you're unequipped, you're ill-equipped to tell anyone what should be done. Right. Which means you're disenfranchising yourself. Absolutely. You're hurting yourself. Learn how it works. This way you can fight for your actual rights so you don't get fucked over by the system that you're in. Yeah. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I don't care if you voted for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. I mean, if you voted for either one of them, I kind of... You should vote. Everybody should vote. But, you know, I I voted because my wife and a lot of people would have been mad at me if I didn't because I talk a lot of fucking shit. Yeah. But I feel like... I feel like a lot of people just voted because they know that they can. They didn't actually look yeah. at the fucking issues. You know, they didn't look at the... And, 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 and I'll say it like this. The people who voted for Donald Trump who were like, Donald Trump is a golden fucking candidate. Like, no, he fucking wasn't. The people who voted fucking Hillary Clinton thought Hillary Clinton was a golden fucking candidate. No, she fucking wasn't. All right? They're, they're one of their friends. All right? Before I go into doing the political stuff, they're fucking good friends. And anybody who doesn't know that, fuck off. Right. <laughs> they're friends. They go, to, they go to parties together. He's been donating money to the Clintons for fucking 30-something goddamn years. They donate money to his fucking causes. They're friends. All right? None of them actually had the best interest for the country altogether. They all wanted to support their party. Yeah. Donald Trump was trying to support the Republican Party. Hillary Clinton was trying to support the Democratic Party. Notice how the words Republican Party and Democratic Party don't sound anything like American people? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. You know, I, haven't, I, I, don't, I don't imagine that if she would have been president right now that she'd be doing too much good for the American people. Just like right now, there's a whole bunch of Republicans like, well, how can we make sure that rich people stay rich and convince the American people that we're on their side? Right. It's it's the same game. Every side plays the same fucking game. And we fucking... Fo- well, not me, because listen, people could be like, oh, listen, you shouldn't say shit. I don't fucking vote. Nah. It was whatever, man. I, 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 I understand. George Carlin has a whole thing about that. Oh, you don't vote, so you don't get a right to say anything. He's like, no, 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 no. Let's let's fucking twist that around. It's like I know that the people that were chosen for us to pick from, they have a fucking agenda, and yeah. each one of them that you're gonna fucking pick is gonna fuck it up. So you know what? I don't vote because I will have no responsibility on the fuck up that these assholes do. 
So you know what? When you're out there, fuck, this is Colin speaking. When you're out there voting and you come back with nothing to show for it, while you were out there voting, I was home jerking off. At least I have a little something in my palm to yeah. show for it. Yeah. That's Colin. I, but I, I get I, what he's saying. Yeah. I compl- I feel it. I, I, I try and vote because I want to feel like I'm being a part of the political process. Right. But I also understand the idea of education. You know, like, you have to educate yourself. Like, what are you voting for? What are you doing? Right. Because, like, I, I would have voted for Bernie Sanders if he would have been the candidate. I thought that he was a thing. But, like, being real, my, my whole point was, like, you want to talk about stuff like, oh, I voted and I know what I'm talking about. Well, when you voted, your vote didn't actually go towards the president of the United States. You weren't voting for your candidate. Right. And how do I know that? Well, probably because 10 million more people voted for Hillary Clinton. Right. But Hillary Clinton ain't president. How did Hillary Clinton get 10 million more votes nationwide? And not become president? Well, yep. because electoral, electoral college. college. And it's, yeah. It's, and, and the they, point system and the stuff that's existed. And they like even tell you, and I've said this, I've probably said this on the podcast before, they tell you on whatever news channel you want to watch, CNN, yeah. MSNBC, they will tell you that the popular vote does not matter. I say it all the time. Nobody's listening. My vote counts. No, it doesn't. You, you know, you probably, if, if you believe in the system and in voting and stuff like that, then go vote. Right. If you really believe in the system and voting and shit like that, you should probably make the right votes. Like, you know, right. petition petition your government to end things so that your vote actually does matter. Right. And until then, stop acting like anybody super fucking rich who's been super fucking rich for their entire lives knows what you're going through and has your best interest at heart because they don't. Yeah. I don't have the best interest of a destitute person at heart because I've never been destitute. Right. I don't know all of the issues of being utterly destitute. And I've been homeless before, but right. I wasn't destitute right. because I had friends and family, people to help me. I was homeless for a very short period of time. Same when here. I was young, and that was good because people got me out of that position. There are people out there who've been on the streets for 50 years and yeah. they're living on the streets. I am in no position to understand their struggles right. and to actually offer them helpful advice. So if I don't understand their position, how can somebody far, just as equally as far above us understand our position right. and really help us? We need right. to start making regular people in charge. That's right. And that's what Diatribe and Kagari was about. We need to stop acting like rich people mm-hmm. and affluent people understand right. normal people. Right. They don't. Right. They don't get us. They're never going to. Somebody who sends their kids to private school doesn't understand the struggles of dealing with public school education and funding and stuff like that. They don't get it. They don't get. They don't get normal everyday shit. Like here's something very. It's very elementary and very. It might sound stupid, but I guarantee you, you take Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or or fucking maybe Obama might know, but but you take Hillary and Donald Trump and you ask them. Within, you know, within $5, how much does an average loaf of bread cost? Oh, my God. I guarantee you that they won't be able to tell you. Yeah. I bet you they get it wrong every fucking time. There was that whole thing. Well, I don't remember what, what asshole politician it was. It was probably something local in New York, I want to say. But it might have been Mike Bloomberg or something that they had no idea that even in the fucking supermarket that they had a, a scanner thing. Like to scan your fucking, 
Not the self-checkout, but that there's a cashier. You're talking about people who haven't bought their own food Correct. in five years. Exactly. And they're going to tell us what we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. A, that's impossible. You have to come from the neighborhood to know what the neighborhood needs. Right. You can't look at a picture of a neighborhood and say, oh, I see what the problem is. Right. And we keep picking people like, well, look, this person's done great for themselves. And I get it. That is an intelligent way to look at a human being from right. a distance. Right. You look at their accomplishments, their achievements, and what they've done, and think, well, they should be able to apply that success to our lives. But that's not how it works. Right. They're not going to apply their success to your life. They're going to continue to apply their success to their life. Of course. And they're going to work to make sure that they don't lose. You know what? It turns into Star Wars shit. Anyone who's watched Star Wars has heard the Jedi spiel about the Sith. Right. You know, if you... I have no idea. If you, the, uh, Those who have power are afraid to lose power. Of course. You know, so it's like, what is what is it? I'm, I'm a nerd, but I'm not a big enough nerd to know it exactly. It's like, fear, fear leads to anger, anger leads to doubt, doubt leads to the dark side. Okay. So it's like, if you, if these people are in power, they are afraid they can lose their power. So right. they start to do things, dirty, underhanded, backwater stuff, because right. they've got the money to hide it right. to keep that power. Right. And then what happens? They become afraid of the things in their life that can be leveraged against them right. and their power. Sure. So they start to separate themselves from people. Right. Eventually, they're just a crusty, bitter old person right. with no actual friends doing anything they can to secure their power. And back to Carlin. He even says, it's a small club. And you ain't in, in it. it. That's right. Because it's just like, all right, you have like, I'm forget, I'm forget worldwide. I'm saying in your local neighborhoods, in the cities or whatever, you have your your little, you have your your whole hardcore community, right? Yeah. You all band together. You're all like minded people. You have your set of friends. You have to, well, these people have their set of friends, and they just so happen to be multimillionaires and billionaires, and they run shit. So they clamor together yeah. and they look down at us and they run shit and they will always run shit and they will just piss down whatever we need to keep us going to work showing up at those jobs. Yeah, is that stuff that's trickling down, y'all? It ain't money. It's not. <laughs> it's not money you're feeling on your head. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the, gov- the government is, is famous for uh, for bending people over. Of course. And showing them lube that they didn't use. Right. But, they, but right. And then it's like, and then, you know what? Uh, we're two years into Trump and then in a couple of years... It's going to be the same shit, and honestly, I'm going to say it right now, I don't, I, I don't give a fuck about any politicians, I don't choose sides either, but I guarantee you Trump will get reelected. Probably. Because there's nobody else on the left, because the left is, is, has been shown lately to be fucking batshit crazy, insane, and so not tolerant, so yeah. there's a big shift in that, and then plus, regardless of who it is, if it's Trump or anybody else, they're just a fucking talking figurehead, a puppet, no. that's it. I want, I want everybody who knows anything about government to think about a simple fact. There are people... And I don't know shit, there are people so don't who, take my opinions as who fact. are in the government right now who have been alive literally longer than me living my current life twice. Sure. 35. There are 87-year-old dudes in Congress. Yes. That's like... And they've been in Congress for the past 60-something years. Right. Do you really think they give a damn about somebody who's only going to be active in the government for eight? No. 
And you you think that those people actually give a fuck about the people outside with their little stupid picket sign screaming yeah. about term limits? Do you know no. how long they dealt with those people? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many presidents they've lived through? Yeah. They've got higher security clearance than the president of the freaking United States. <laughs> yeah. They're not worried about Trump. Hillary, they weren't worried about Obama. They weren't worried about, about Nixon, Carter, Ford, none of them. None. All right, those. Come on, man. You you want you want to fix the country? Get rid of the dudes who have been in there for eighty fucking years. That's it. All right, because the president can't do shit. He's a figurehead. Exactly. It's like Elon Musk. I love that guy. Elon Musk. He's a great. He's a. I love him too. I think he's great. Did you hear him on Rogan? Yeah, I did. Fucking amazing. He is. So great. The dude does so much acid too, bro. He's <laughs> fucking out of his mind. He's so much drugs. But the dude, like, everybody was like, Elon Musk is Tesla. And, well, he ain't no more. He's right. gone, right? Why? Because he was a figurehead. Right. He started the company. Right. But the but our country is structured the same way that our corporations are structured. Right. There's always a dude at the top who's meant to talk to everybody else. Uh-huh. To make everybody else feel a sense of pride in the company. To make, to make it seem like the decisions that the company is making benefit everybody in the company even if it only benefits a small amount right. that's what the president is and every handful of years they get rid of that guy yep. because the people down there are like we don't believe him anymore like, we'll bring this guy in you believe him good believe him for eight years that's right and then, and then when you're tired of him we'll put somebody else in there it's the fucking same old circle yeah don't, if you, don't be mad don't be mad about it there all, all our albums all the stuff that we talk about musically stop just getting mad and go do something yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear people whining. I feel like people might think I'm just like a whiner. I'm a political whiner. No, no. no I what pre- are you doing? I, I, I freaking write to my congressman and stuff like that. I've written letters to aldermen, right? right? Like, nice. I've, okay. I've, I've, I've gone into it. I've, I've tried my best to talk to people. When people come to my door talking about politics, I'm this guy running for office. I have a conversation with the dude. I find out what the heck he's running for. What is your background? What are you trying to go for? What are you going to do right. for the people and for the town? And how is that going to expand to the state? How is that going to expand to the country? And how is that going to uh, interact with the rest of the world? Right. Because I like to travel. Maybe I want to leave the country. I don't want people hearing I'm American and think I'm a fucking dick. Right. Just because you guys are dicks. Right. Like, you know, we looked at like a bunch of dicks across the planet, bro. Like, I got friends in other countries. They've, they've already told me. People yeah. think we're dicks. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I still sleep fine at night. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not affected by that. No. I know it's not me. Nice. Yeah, it's not me either. It's awesome. I, I might be a dick. <laughs> well, at times, I could be the biggest dick on the planet. I try not to be. Uh, you, you give what you get, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Certain things push my buttons. I didn't, you know, certain things. Certain things that might not bother somebody fucking drive me absolutely insane. Oh god. So you know, uh, and people who know me should know that and don't push those buttons. Yeah. It's just for, that, that goes for everybody, you know, not not just me. For you, if someone knows what fucking pisses you off, don't you think out of just out of, you know, consideration, they just won't fuck with you like that because they know you're just gonna get a rise out of you. You would think so, but we live in the in the time of the trolls, bro. Yeah, yeah. And you know who's the biggest troll, and the most successful troll ever? Oh. Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> he's the biggest troll ever. I, I, I will be honest, and there's people out there who are gonna be mad at me. I love the way he talks. Bro, I it's find him hysterical. hilarious. It's hysterical. It's hilarious. And Alec Baldwin and everybody who does the impersonation is like, <laughs> yeah. they've all really got it. Like, this it's whole, like, funny, dude. Because like, you don't even have to try and sound like him. You could just, like, if you just think about the way he talks, you'd be like, very like, sad. Or talk about my band, and be like, oh man, we've got, like, we've got the best people in the band. Yeah. Like, the, the best people. The best yeah. people ever. We're the smartest, you know. We're the smartest Dave, band. Dave, everybody knows Dave. He's great in his drums. They're Pearl. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Kroll's a great company. They've been around for a long, long time. They do all kinds of amazing things, and you know, they're just great. Yeah, and it's great. And I've heard that other drone companies are garbage. Right. I wouldn't say that myself personally, but I've heard right that they are. That's and something he was saying. We stay away from that kind of garbage, and you know, we believe we believe that we're gonna that we're gonna make the music scene the greatest it's ever been. Right. Because we've got the best people here. Right. And they're all working super hard, and you know, we just win. We right. win at this all the time. Yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. I just, I just, <laughs> that's something about it. Yeah. There's something about it that makes me upset because we both, I. I get comedy and I yeah. find him he's a buffoon idiot and I find him hysterical the guy is know. a performer man he's a performer he, I say I said this several times he is in the WWE Hall of Fame yeah go yeah. back he he shaved Vince McMahon's head at a Wrestlemania like wait dude look what you he's a carny dude like you have to look yeah. at shit for what it is and oh my god Same with people like, I don't believe we let this reality star be a, be a president Ronald Reagan yeah. was an actor. Yeah. Come on, man. Dude. That has nothing to do with it. Yeah. There's nothing to do with it. Nothing. Just, just stop trying to come up with reasons. Just If you don't like Trump, be honest. Stop trying to look for reasons why you don't like the guy. And just right. be honest why you don't like If you like Trump, then fucking like Trump. That's what you do. Right. It's, this is America. It's the beautiful thing about America. Right. Just because we don't agree doesn't make us enemies right. in this country. Dude, there's friends of mine, there's people that I know that I don't agree with their politics whatsoever. Yeah. But you know what? Have at it, dude. I'm still cool with you. Yeah, man. I, I, I was watching... Uh, I was it's watching called video. being a fucking adult. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug this. Plug. Back, back in WW2, there was a video that the United States War Department released called Don't Be a Sucker. All right. Don't be a sucker. This dude is standing on a freaking soapbox talking about... Oh, we got to get rid of these people and those people and those people in America will never be great until it's a country without blacks and Catholics and Freemasons and all this stuff. And this dude who was sitting there agreeing with everything this dude said agreed right up until the dude said Freemason. He's like, well, I'm a Mason. What's wrong with Freemasons? He's like, oh, yeah, man, you were totally down with the hatred and all that stuff until you were part of it. Right. Because when we hear the word minority, mm-hmm. we immediately think color. Right. It's the way we've been trained. We've been mentally trained to think color. But back in WW2 and Don't Be a Sucker, they wanted you to understand that the word minority wasn't a negative thing. That right. everyone in America is part of some form of minority group. Sure. Whether you're a Freemason, whether you're a carpenter, yeah. whether you're a stone worker, yeah. are you a newscaster, yeah. are you a musician? Those are minority groups. Right. And in America, we have the right to be part of all of these different minority groups while still being Americans. Right. There are no other Right. Americans. Right. When people ask me, I get people who ask me, where am I from? Right. You know, because I'm black and I sound like this. Right. For anybody listening to the podcast, you thought I was white. Surprise! Yeah, see that? Uh, but, you know, I know how I sound. A, a black man who sounds like he's a white guy who used to wear makeup in Annie's grave. Yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. I hope that didn't elude anyone. I love that. That's <laughs> the best. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> But like, like there are no other, there are no other Americans. There's just Americans. It doesn't matter where you're from. You came here legally. I right. stress that because I'm a big proponent of that. You came here. You did what you had to do. You got here legally. You got your freaking paperwork. You're American. Right. You're not Mexican American, right. in my opinion. You're not Italian American. You're American. Right. People ask me where are you from. I'm from America. Right. Oh well, you sound like that. Yeah, because I'm American. Right. Okay. That's how I sound. Right. You know, there is no. I'm. I'll say, and I'll say this. I will call myself African-American okay. as soon as somebody can pull up a map 
and show me African America. Right. I'm waiting for it. I want to see Italian America. Yeah. Irish. Well, we know where Italian America is. It's everywhere in the country. There's a little Italy, apparently. Right. You know, there's Chinese America. There's Chinatown. Staten Italy. Little Italy. You know what I mean? But like, there's, there's, there's no African America. There's no Irish and Italian. But there's, right. there's America, bro. We're all Americans. We all want the same thing. We all want to be able to raise our kids in peace. All right, and to be able to teach them the lessons that we believe are going to help them get through life without hindering somebody else and without hurting somebody else. Yeah. That's what we all want. Yeah. There's no reason to separate ourselves based on what we don't want. Exactly. We all know what we want. Yep. You know, let's let's focus on that. Let's try and be good to each other. There's enough negative shit in the world. There you know is. What I mean? So I'll say this, though, but people don't realize it yet, but you're going to fucking find out right now. You know what you guys fucking want? A new Unkempt Herald record. Yeah. Where can they find all your shit, my man? If you go to www.unkemptherald.bandcamp.com, you can find our two albums that are available right there. Okay. And the newest album, Kiddo, should be available by mid-January 2019. Okay. We might do an early release, and if we do, we will let everybody know. Facebook, Instagram, any of that stuff? Oh, Facebook's, you know, slash Unkempt Herald, Instagram, Unkempt underscore Herald. Right. Type in Unkempt Herald, get past the video game stuff, that's not us. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to say, find the band. did you mean Unkempt Herald? No, we meant Herald. H-E-R-A-L-D. That's right. People. You get that in there, you find us, we're all over the internet, we'll play your house parties. <laughs> See that? You know, we'll show up with a bus and a bunch of music gear and we will set up and play. I've got a generator, you don't even need power. Right. They've never played, they've played, they've played a couple of my shows before. Two shows? One show, two shows. Two shows. Two shows, and that's true, they pull up with a fucking bus and they have shit, and they play, and they're dope. And my girlfriend Nikki loves these fucking guys. She does. Thank you, Nikki. She does. She absolutely does. And, uh, yeah, three-piece band. Heavy. Good shit. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Awesome hanging. Dude, inviting me into great. your studio. Oh, dude, thank you. You're welcome anytime. I'll let you know when this comes out. All right. All right. We're over here now. Later. Later.